0: will get opportunities to get quarterbacks like this in the prime of their careers. And that's why there is such a market for Deshaun Watson, even with some things that are unpredictable happening outside of football. This is a dude that we watched on a team in in the Houston, Texans that was a dysfunctional organization, and he continued to play at a high level each and every week. And that's the film that these other teams are watching. They believe they become contenders. They they, they, They believe they become contenders if they have Deshaun Watson. And so if you are the Atlanta Falcons if you are the New Orleans Saints, if you are the Carolina Panthers, you are putting together whatever package you can to get this man on your team. Ooh. I'm
1: drawing a blank case. Who you got for me? Ryan Clark. Ah, Ryan Clark. That's right. Okay. You know, the thing about this is Sean Watson scenario that I keep on going over my head a little bit in terms of where he's going to go. Who do you think has more power right now, Casey, with this trade scenario. Do you think Deshaun Watson and his no-trade clause saying, well, I can essentially go where I want to go? Or is it the Houston Texans saying, yeah, you can go wherever you want to go, but we're going to make sure it's the right fit for us. And I guess what I'm getting at here is, for instance, the Seahawks. Deshaun Watson said, no, I don't want to go here. But let's say that the Seahawks offered him, like, the farm, or offered the, the Houston Texans the farm to try to get Deshaun Watson. I mean, at, at what point do you say, okay, we'll, we'll take a little bit of a discount to get Deshaun Watson off our books, but we still have to do right by us? Do you get what I'm, you, you know what I'm kind of saying here? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well,
1: who do you think has more power right now?
0: So I think it's Deshaun because we haven't seen that move where, like, disgruntled player gets traded somewhere he doesn't want to go. Like, yeah, like it usually works out for the player, I guess is what I'm saying. So, I guess in terms of, like, the AFC South, like, the Texans are probably going to reign control of that. But otherwise, I think Deshaun has most of the power because, uh, in theory, I guess he could just not show up.
1: No, it's it's not a bad call. I'm trying to think of, like, the last time a star player got traded to where he didn't want to go.
0: Yeah. it's um, a good point. Like, because obviously Jalen... You know, I mean, he didn't say I want to go to the Rams, but yeah, like, they yeah. didn't trade him to like the Rams are a good spot, you know. L- L- Le'Veon Bell sticks out to me a
1: little bit, but I think, I mean, he was more about the money for him. Yeah. And, and the Jets paid him the money. Right. You know, so like, I'm not sure how upset he was to go to the New York Jets. Now, in retrospect, it kind of killed your career a little bit. You probably would have oh, been yeah. better staying in Pittsburgh um, than going to New York, but he got paid. So it is what it is. Yeah. Th- it's not a bad call where. And I can't believe I was so naive to the fact. Yeah, players kind of get to pick and choose where they want to go, especially when you have a no-trade clause. People are saying at the end of the week, Deshaun Watson will make a decision, um, and then hopefully, you know, they'll get the the trade done accordingly. When it's, let's say it's Friday, Saturday, or maybe we're starting the show off on Monday, who was Deshaun Watson playing for, Casey? Hmm. If you had to put the chips down on one team right now, where is he going?
0: Yeah, it's – I would say – I hope Brian is not listening because I don't want him to believe he's right. But I think the Carolina Panthers have a lot to offer. Yeah. Uh, Deshaun Watson uh, has the Carolina – Thing going for him. Obviously, Clemson and uh, the Panthers are nowhere near each other, but I'm just going to put that together. I think <laughs> they have a lot to offer. I think Matt Rule has a lot to lose if he doesn't pull off this move yeah. and doesn't get a quarterback because then he's probably done. So I'll go with the Carolina Panthers. And for
1: some reason, I'm kind of leaning towards that as well, even though I'd rather see him go to uh, you know, like Atlanta, I think. Uh, for whatever reason, I just I, I like Atlanta more than Carolina. But I agree with you, Casey. I think because Carolina has kind of been the constant team that's been mentioned throughout this entire process, right? Like even before he, he said he wanted out and he got before he got in trouble, like it seems like Carolina was always kind of on the radar. And like and if you look at that team, and yeah, we'll see with Christian McCaffrey, how much he can bring to the the table, you know, Chuba Hubbard, the backup. I mean DJ Moore, super underrated, is a star. It's just, you know, he played an offense last year, no disrespect to you and your boy. But Sam Darnold wasn't getting the job done He wasn't You you have Robbie Anderson, you know, Terrace Marshall Jr., a guy who they seem to like a lot, a young dude um, Up and coming So yeah, there is a lot to like, and their defense, I think, was, I think, a top three last year Very underrated in terms of team defense So there is a lot to like there in Carolina so I, I would probably agree with you here. Where I, I would be surprised if it's somewhere other than Carolina. Now, like I said, I mean, if it was San Francisco, to me that, that's a no-brainer for Deshaun Watson because the talent around you, the coach, nothing against Matt Rule, but like Shanahan just really seems to have, um, regardless of who the quarterback is, he gets the best out of them. And I can only imagine what a Deshaun Watson would do in that 49ers offense
0: yeah I agree and I think if you're Houston if the 49ers come calling you can find a way to get Trey Lance and that's a no-brainer because when you look at Carolina like do you want Sam Darnold probably not yeah do you want PJ Walker also no um and all these other teams a lot of them don't have quarterbacks to offer do you really want Matt Ryan like I guess you like you have to have somebody to play I get that but if San Francisco did come calling you would have the opportunity to get a good young quarterback for your quarterback that won't play so if I was the Texans in San Francisco call, I think it's a win-win-win for everybody in mm. that situation, except me holding on to Trey Lance cards, who will go to Houston, his career will die. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I think if that happens, then, yeah, I'd, uh, I'd go ahead and just book the flight, pack the bags, we're out of here, figure it out, and I'm going to San Francisco if I'm Deshaun Watson.
1: Well, and this is the biggest thing, too, if you're a Jaguars fan, of what Houston decides to do, is what do they get for Deshaun Watson? Because there's one thing if you get some draft picks, okay, fine. Go ahead and ride the arm of Davis Mills and let's see how that goes, right? Like, I'm I'm not completely sold on Davis Mills yet. He had a hell of a rookie year. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But, like, is he the franchise guy for years and years to come? Ah, I'm still on the fence about that one. But, like, if they were to, you know, and this would never happen because I don't think Atlanta would do this, but, like, if they trade Matt Ryan, you know, to Houston for Deshaun Watson and some draft capital, like, I'd be upset because now, well, you got a legit quarterback in Houston, right? Like, when this is all said and done, I hope we're talking about draft capital more than we're talking about, well, Houston may have got a quarterback now for the future, like a Trey Lance, for whatever reason, if it was really, you know, a Matt Ryan. I mean, I think Carolina doesn't really have anybody that's going to scare you. I mean, the Saints, they're not going to go up to Taysom Hill, so that doesn't really scare me. Right. And, and that's what the Jaguars have going for them more than anything right now, is that you're in a division where... You have the Tennessee Titans, who are still the favorites, obviously, because they have, you know, one of the best running backs to ever do it, and Ryan Tannehill is okay, but they're, they're a solid team, a well-coached team. But then you have the Colts, who who's their quarterback going to be? You know, still a big question mark. Yeah, Davis Mills, does he scare you? I mean, the, the, the numbers are a little bit scary, but Davis Mills does not scare me yet. So the Jaguars have the advantage right now where these teams are still trying to find their way a little bit, it seems like, in the dark of – How are we going to plan for our future, and who's our next quarterback going to be? Now, there's plenty of time left, and then the Colts can maybe finagle something. I don't know what it's going to be. Obviously, they wanted Deshaun Watson, the Texans shut that down, which I don't blame them. I'm very curious to see what's going to happen here in these next couple weeks in terms of, number one, the Texans, if Davis Mills is truly going to be the guy, even though they have expressed that they love him. And then obviously the Indianapolis Colts as well, what their plan is gonna be.
0: Yeah, the Colts are interesting, but I will say this about Davis Mills. If I'm Houston, you're you're not gonna like, okay for matt ryan i personally if i'm houston would rather play davis mills than matt ryan
1: and just go with the future and see what happens yeah because you yeah. really
0: don't know what you have in davis mills like you you didn't put much around him and he did okay when he was out there there were some horrible moments but there were also horrible moments for trevor lawrence and mac jones so you saw horrible moments from all the rookie quarterbacks but if it's matt ryan you're not in win now mode mm-hmm. even with the colts quarterback lists, you're not going to beat them in the division. You're certainly not better than Tennessee. And on paper, and now granted, I know they don't play on paper because we saw it twice last year, <laughs> but you're worse than Jacksonville even with Matt Ryan. So if, yeah. I'm, if I'm Houston's brass, I would personally play Davis Mills over a guy like Matt Ryan because then you might figure out what you have. No, that, that's not a bad
1: point. You know, I mean, Matt Ryan's best years are, are beyond them, as simple as that. And Davis Mills while he maybe did kinda of come out of nowhere, was unsuspecting, had a hell of a rookie campaign, and Lovey Smith seems to um you know, believe in him as well, as he said many times. So I guess I agree with you here, Casey. Where Matt Ryan right now might be the better quarterback than Davis Mills, but where the Texans are I mean, they're not in the run for the the AFC South, I don't think, quite yet. So you might as well roll the dice with Davis Mills, see what you got, evaluate from there, and then go on. But like we said, if you get a shot at Trey Lance or something like that, well, then you got to pull the trigger. Absolutely. You know, even though Davis Mills at this point um, is more of a proven quarterback. Uh, Matt Cooper brings up an interesting point here on the feed I'm seeing, and I think it's kind of what a lot of people are saying in terms of who the Colts' next quarterback could be. I mean, If you're going to Vegas right now and I haven't even seen the numbers, do you think Jimmy G is leading the, you know, in terms of the favorite to go to the Colts?
0: It would make sense because he's the only real quarterback left that we know is probably not going to play for his current team. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, that would make sense to me. I think we talk about Matt Ryan a lot. I think Matt Ryan would fit very well there. Uh, Do the Colts have the capital to get it done? Yeah, probably. Um, Like, I'm not. I just said Matt Ryan wouldn't be good for Houston, but I think he'd be good in Indianapolis because it's a totally different situation. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. I agree that his best years are behind him, but he can probably still be what Indianapolis needs to be. Literally, Carson Wentz, just don't throw it to the other team as often. You just have to hand the ball off. Uh, You know, when we talk
1: about, you know, Matt Ryan versus Jimmy G, though, Casey, you know, Matt Ryan, 36 years old. I get that. And I, I I don't blame the Colts for getting rid of Carson Wentz, okay? Like, I actually... You know, now whether you should have gotten in the first place is offset for debate. But I love what Ballard said, where he's just like, hey, we're just going to keep on swinging until we find the right quarterback. I respect that because that's what it takes. You know, come hell or high water, you got to find your guy. And the Colts haven't had that guy since Andrew Luck. So I definitely get that. With Matt Ryan, though, do you get a little bit of a Philip Rivers vibe where how many years can Matt Ryan give you where it's like, okay, you're going to find another quarterback again? You know, at least with Jimmy Garoppolo, I can see him coming in And Jimmy Garoppolo, um, 30, compared to Matt Ryan being 36 Garoppolo can come in and at least, like, maybe he's not as good as Matt Ryan is But you know he's still got something left in the tank I question how much Matt Ryan really has left
0: Yeah, no, that's a good call um, I think, look, I, I think Jimmy G should be the leader. And by the way, uh, a couple of these guys are off the boards now. But even a couple of weeks ago, Jimmy G was your favorite mm-hmm. uh, plus at 350 to be the quarterback for the Colts. But yeah, I think Jimmy G would be the number one. But Matt Ryan, I think, would not be a bad uh, consolation prize. But no matter what, if you can get one of these guys without giving up a first round pick, you have to then draft a quarterback. Like, it's such a weird thing to see a team that I don't think Carson Wentz was the answer. Yeah. I don't think anybody does. But a borderline playoff team gets rid of their quarterback, and now their current room is Sam Ellinger <laughs> and some empty chairs. So yeah, I think yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. fascinating. But, yeah, Jimmy G, w- wouldn't it be weird if the 49ers had no Jimmy G or Trey Lance? <sighs> like, what, what, what the heck is going on?
1: I mean, it, well, Casey, it's the, it's the quarterback position. What are we just talking about? Come hell or high water. If you get your guy, you get your guy. You know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big Trey Lance guy. I think he can be special. I think he's got a lot of the other things that you look for now in the, in the modern um, NFL quarterback. But the thing with Trey Lance is that we don't know. We, we haven't seen enough. If you're guaranteed Deshaun Watson, and then I get it, he could be rusty after the year, you know, where is his mind, all that stuff, I don't care, man. You're talking about a guy who led the NFL in, in passing. When he was playing That means something And if it costs, you know Trey Lance and two first round picks Then so be it, I'm pulling that trigger all day Because you're going to have some years If you can stay healthy with Deshaun Watson And now all of a sudden you're talking about A Kyle Shanahan-Rouan offense That opens the door to so many new possibilities That you couldn't do with Jimmy G Or that you couldn't really do with Trey Lance Just because, well, you, you have to grow him into that role right? And Trey Lance is still young So we'll see what happens with that You know I want to change up topics here just a little bit in terms of free agency quick before we go to break here. The Jaguars have made a splash. Everybody knows it. Now it's a big splash. It's an expensive splash. Whether or not you agree with how much money they spent to get certain guys doesn't really matter that they're here now, right? I mean, we can we complain about the Christian Kirk deal. doesn't matter. He's here now. The way you look at free agency so far, Casey, and I'm going to read off some names here of some top guys that are still available I understand that you know they're getting close to the salary cap now, but you know maybe a move with Brandon Linder here or something here, restructure here, and all of a sudden there is some cap room open. I want to just kind of run some names by you and see if any of these guys kind of get your attention of could the Jaguars make a play for one of these players as well, or, or do you want to see at least attempt to get one of these guys? All right, you ready to roll here? I'm ready. So these are some guys that are still available right now in free agency. Smith-Schuster. No. Justin Houston. Edge, uh, edge rusher.
0: Yeah, he's old though, right? No, he's he's
1: 33 years old.
0: That's it? Yeah. It I mean, that's, but sick. that's pretty. I mean, <laughs> it's sad that we call that old, but. Well, I was th- like, for some reason, I was thinking like 36. I feel like he's yeah. been around forever. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, I'm, you know, I, I keep tabs on that. Okay, keep tabs on that. Um, let's go
1: with Jerry Hughes, 34 in August. Uh, I would go with Houston over him, I think. Okay. Um, Brent mentioned him before, but Jarvis
0: Landry. I See, I'm in the camp that I think Baker Mayfield's the problem, and I think Jarvis Landry could still be good. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, but, but where do you put him, though? Yeah. You know, if you bring him to Yeah, at this point with what you've already done, you, yeah. you can't. Um,
1: you know, not going to say Jameis Winston, you're fine.
0: Calais okay. Campbell. Yeah, I'm probably going to have to go twice on Sunday with Calais Campbell. Bring him back. Yeah, I mean. The, 36 in September. Yeah, I, yep. yeah, I mean, the productivity is going to be it is what it is, but – Uh, I don't think anybody's going to be out there giving serious money to Clayus Campbell to start and play multiple downs. Yeah. If you can get him out there in a good situation for him and what he means to the city, Yeah. why not?
1: Well, and so this is the thing that they're saying about Clayus Campbell. You know, last season, one and a half sacks, 16 quarterback pressures, um, nowhere close to, you know, some some of his best numbers that he's put up. But it's also what you're getting, right? right? And number one, when it comes to defensive line, I don't care how many guys you bring in. Right to me, it's the more the merrier. It's it's, it's supposed to be a rotation. Mm-hmm. Doesn't even have to start, as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, in in terms of what he can give you in the locker room, he's got you know history with this city. Um, it's got to be at the right price, though. You Absolutely. know, like I, like you 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 can't Christian Kirk overpay to get Clayus Campbell. Amen. And then that's going to be a thing going forward. I think Christian Kirk overpay. Uh, Cordell Patterson.
0: Yeah, I'm interested because of what he did last year with Atlanta as a true running back, but then you know what you can get him outside or out of the backfield or lined up as a wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of surprised still available. Maybe the price is too high because he had a good year. Of the asking price is high, but uh, I'm... Well, I'm and I don't know what the market even looks
1: like for Cordello Patterson.
0: Yeah, I don't... Right? Think I mean, It's weird. 31 years old,
1: wide receiver slash running back... I mean, I just don't know because, like, I don't think running backs are getting, you know, paid anyways these days. And, and he he had a hell of a year. I don't know. He's definitely an anomaly. But, like, I see, like, what he did in Atlanta – and then I see, like, once Doug Peterson could get his hands on him and, like, he kind of be the gadget guy, because I'm not sure how long LaVisca's going to be here. You know, like, I mean, there were some rumors out there, some speculation saying that LaVisca might be on the trade block, which makes a lot of sense because you're starting to get a wide receiver room now in terms of wide receiver two and wide receiver three that's kind of full. And LaVisca could be the odd man out. So if you can get something for him, I think that makes a lot of sense. So if you need a gadget guy, like, yeah, you got Agnew, but once again, how much is he going to be running on that offense in terms of just special teams? I think Patterson could be an interesting guy. Yeah. Um, Gronkowski, I feel a feeling he's going back to Tampa. That it doesn't really yep. matter. Um, I think Darius Williams, did he sign with somebody? I don't think so. Or okay, so Darius Williams. Um, Rams. Yeah, I mean. We talked about him a lot on this show.
0: Anybody that is decent in the secondary, I think the Jags should at least consider. But in, I think, obviously, nothing's happened yet, but I feel like price would be too high. Yeah. in terms of what they've already done but one
1: especially for a guy you probably have to bring in as a slot corner right because because yeah. you have Shaq Griffin, you have Tyson Campbell. Right. So Williams has to be the the slot guy. Yeah, it it could be probably way too high. Um Melvin Ingram.
0: Yeah, what happened to this guy? Like I feel like he was like a stud with the Chargers and then got cut and then has been like all over the place, but like I think he still gets home a decent amount of times.
1: Yeah, so had you know pro bowl years with the Chargers. Goes to Pittsburgh, and then goes from Pittsburgh to Kansas City. Um, In nine games, had just a single sack and 11 quarterback pressures. Interesting. Playing 58% of the snaps in Kansas City. He's going to turn 33 in April. Mm. Um, Maybe it's more of a name. See, I think this is a name, and this is a guy where if you're a team that's playoff bound, I think you can give him a discount. You know, like, I I feel like if if Jacksonville was to take him, you expect him to be the starter until further notice, um, until you get Hutchinson or something like that. But I just think in terms of the price to the performance, I would probably pass on him, even though it just seems like yesterday he was absolutely crushing it with the Chargers. I'm saying. Randy Gregory goes to um, Denver. Yep.
0: Uh, Akeem Hicks. Oh, big guy, right? Big guy. Interior defense. Yeah. uh, Stud in Chicago. I'll go by what you say, and you can never have too many of them, and you want to rotate them in and out, so why not?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing for him is um, he was hampered by a groin injury last year, and he's had a couple ankle injuries, so you know, injury history probably not the best for him. But, man, I mean, 32 years old, can play at a high level when healthy. But like I said, you can't have too many defensive linemen. This guy is super interesting because, and I get he underachieved last year for his team, and they ended up signing the other guy, but I see a lot to like with this dude. It's just a matter of could you make it work, and then if you do take this guy, does that change your draft speculations? Z'Darrius Smith from the Packers.
0: Yeah, I think that's super interesting. Um, Yeah, I don't know how you make that work. You probably have to get rid of guys like Malcolm Brown and whatnot, um, but... 26 sacks in
1: in yeah. two seasons in, in, in two seasons, yeah. I mean, Packers. isn't that
0: more than all the Jags in the last yeah. two seasons? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you
1: you bring him on this team, and he's immediately your most impactful pass rusher by far.
0: Yeah, and yeah. Josh Allen gets better, and yeah. you know what you're getting in terms of like Aiden Hutchinson. Like you think you know what you're getting, but do you really? You never really know with rookies. So yeah, yeah. I think if you can find a way to make that work, uh, I'll I'll sign up for that. You don't even have to convince me, because then Josh Allen immediately gets better. Because yeah. the double team doesn't come to him or, you know, the, the focus doesn't come to him. So I'm, I'm with that.
1: All right, let's get a couple more here, then we'll go to break here, Casey. Yeah. Um, you know, guy that's still on the market, Bobby Wagner. I mean, not since you just got your guy yeah, from Atlanta. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. Um, this guy's interesting. Casey Hayward Jr. He hasn't signed anywhere yet.
0: Yeah, uh, my question would be, can he play? Is he usually a slot guy? I think he played a lot well, of so,
1: outside. So here's the thing. So started out as a slot in Green Bay. Okay. Goes to the Chargers, I believe, and then becomes an absolute. Because in Green Bay, he was kind of a guy. Goes to the Chargers and plays an outside corner and becomes a stud, and then goes to the Raiders and was okay. You know, like Mm not. He was very suitable. Um, PFF projects that Haywood's going to receive a one year, $6.5 million um, contract on a prove it deal, possibly. Yeah, I'm with that. I'm with that all day as well. Yeah, and especially because we uh, have the same agent, so I could, you know, hopefully get some interviews from him. Oh, there we go. <laughs> as well, so it, it helps everybody out. But, um, yeah, I think a guy, especially if you want to play the, the slot corner, absolutely. Tyron Matthew.
0: I mean, I want to say yes, but the price is going to be too high, and then you got to do something with Rayshon Jenkins, right? Yeah. So if you can <laughs> – very good. I think he's very good. It's weird that the Chiefs aren't going to bring him back because mm-hmm. I've, I've heard that, but –
1: well, then there's rumors of going to New Orleans as well, but the New Orleans, we signed their guy, so he's not going there either.
0: I mean, it looks like he still plays at a high level. So yes. I feel like you have to be interested if you can make it work. And look, Rayshawn Jenkins, you just paid him, but the, the, t- or the coach that paid him is no longer employed.
1: All right, so I'm going to throw two more guys at you, then let's go ahead and go to break here, Casey. All right. Chandler Jones, it's a name that's getting thrown on a lot. Not really sure what the, the edge rushing market looks like right now in terms of a contract. Chandler Jones, do anything for you?
0: How much more do you think it would cost for a guy like Chandler Jones than Zadarius Smith?
1: That's a great question.
0: I mean, realistically, I
1: think you're talking about at least three, ah, maybe two to three million more a year for Chandler Jones and Zedarius Smith.
0: Then I'd rather have Zedarius, Zedarius? Smith. I mean, yeah. look, Chandler Jones, he, he's he been like 10 and a half sacks last year, mm-hmm. but like three of them came in one game. Like he's very hot and then he's very not. So, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be disappointed if they sign him, don't get me wrong, but if you're going to pay a premium for him and you can maybe get Darius Smith for cheaper, then I might go that route.
1: All right. And the last guy here I think could be the most interesting prospect because nobody really seems to talk about him in free agency, but he is available, and at one time he was very coveted.
0: Jadavion Clowney. Oh, I forgot about him. See, as As a lot of people have. Yeah. To me... And I could very well be wrong, but. Well, now keep in mind, in
1: Cleveland, nine sacks, 32 quarterback pressures in 14 games.
0: See, that's better than I thought, because what yeah. I was going to say is it's just a name to me. But, yeah. And in a weird way, he might be the cheapest of the group. Oh, without a doubt. But I keep in mind, playing next to or playing across from Miles
1: Garrett's is going to make a difference as well.
0: Yeah, that's true. I, I think any pass rusher you can get makes Josh Allen better. That's yes. kind of how I see it. Yeah. So why not? All right. I mean, I it, I'm at least interested a little bit. Well, see, I think you could justify
1: moving some things around for Clowney, still draft Hutchinson, and then have some kind of combination of Josh Allen, Clowney, Ooh, and then Hutch. That would be that'd be legit. Yeah. Uh, are we just start calling him Hutch? You think, by the way?
0: Yeah. Is that just gonna to, happen?
1: We have to. It starts to get Hutch. I like that. All right. More on ESPN 690 when we get back. Hard work pays off, dreams come true, bad times don't last, but bad guys do. Oh man, the legend Scott Hall, we're going to talk about him in a second, welcome back to Action Sports, Jacks on ESPN 690. Austin Lane here holding down the fort. Brent Martineau on a little vacay, but also checking out some baseball. I think Ty's playing tonight, right? Yeah. Ty's playing tonight, so, uh, yeah, Brent's checking him out. Um, we got Casey pushing all the right buttons. If you know anything about wrestling, well, if you know anything about Brent being gone, you know that's the time I talk wrestling. And, unfortunately, um, while I do enjoy talking about it, one of my favorite things to do, um, it's on more of a somber level today because – the world of professional wrestling lost a great one um, in Scott Hall, AKA Razor Ramon. And that was um, a little soundbite of his hall of fame speech when he got inducted and he was known as the bad guy. And it it always sucks, you know, when, when the people that you grew up with, um, you know, pass away because it, it starts to show you just how much time can fly and just how fast sometimes things go. And, you know, Scott Hall passing is is, is one of those things. I, I remember being six, seven years old, and keep in mind, like, with my generation, we grew up, like, Scarface was a thing, but most of our parents who, who, who were, you know, watched our, our, our TV habits wouldn't let us watch Scarface. So, like, my introduction to, like, the bad guy, quote-unquote, was Scott Hall. Now, granted, Scott Hall took a lot of Razor Ramon from Scarface, but I never had the opportunity to see that movie. So immediately I see this guy with this swag with these gold chains that talks um a lot different than anybody in my town in Midwest Wisconsin, and I'm immediately drawn to him. And I, I talked about this on Twitter to to another fan that reached out to me and said, you know, how much razor momentum to them. Razor and keep in mind what I'm talking about here, being seven, eight years old, but wrestling's everything, you get so infatuated and so enthralled with these characters, with these storylines where it's real life. And Razor Ramon was the very first, like, heel slash bad guy that I cheered for. Like, even when the crowd was booing him, even when he was, you know, beating up, um, you know, Marty Jannetty, whoever the case may be, you know, a.k.a. the good guys, I was still cheering for Razor Ramon just because the guy was so different. And, and, and he made being the bad guy so cool. And, and that was my very first experience of actually having respect for a heel. Right? Like when, when Shawn Michaels became the heartbreak kid and, and left the Rockers, I, I almost cried that day when he kicked Marty Jannetty through the, through, through the window, you know, at the barbershop. Like that was a very, um, you know, emotional moment for any kind of kids that grew up as fans of the, the tag team, you know, wrestlers, the Rockers. But for whatever reason, Razor Ramon just had it. And if you look back on his career, he was so integral in, in a lot of moments, some of the greatest moments um, in wrestling history. If you want to see one of the greatest ladder matches of all time, go back to WrestleMania when he wrestled Shawn Michaels in that ladder match, when he unified the Intercontinental Championships. One of the greatest ladder matches of all time any kind of decade. Razor Ramon was there. When Hulk Hogan did the unthinkable and turned heel in WCW and became, you know, Hollywood Hogan and the NWO was formed, Razor Ramon was there. When you talk about Degeneration X in WWF at the time, If Razor Hone doesn't leave the click, that never happens. So he's he's part of Degeneration X. You talk about, you know, if you want to go New New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling, if you want to talk about the Bullet Club, without Razor Hone, that never happens. So you talk about a guy who... You know, was so just larger than life, almost like a Ric Flair-esque, where wearing these gold chains, having this attitude, there was probably a year in my life where I, I kept calling everybody Chico and Chica, much to my mom's <laughs> chagrin, just because Razor Ramon did it. Do you even know what it meant? Right? I, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not from the south. I don't know what Chica or Chico means, but you better believe there was a time when I wanted a juice box. I go to my mom. Hey, Chica, let me get a juice box. Oh boy. Not, not the biggest fan of that, but it is, but <laughs> totally it is. Not. right? And when you talk about his finisher, you know the razor's edge. Being seven years old, it was always hard to get a guy up there to do the razor's edge. But let me tell you something right now: if you're by a pool, if you're on a dock in a lake, the razor's edge was the go-to move, okay? Because it was so easy to throw somebody in the water. So, to me, I'm just, you know, it, it's obviously it, it's a sad ordeal. Um, he had hip surgery. There was complications there. Ended up having three heart attacks. Um, they put him in a coma. Um, they woke him up, and unfortunately, he he didn't make it. But I would be remiss if I didn't talk about him a little bit, man, because whether you're a new professional wrestling fan, whether AEW came around and got your attention, or whether you grew up in my generation um, where, you know, he thrived, there is so much to think with Razor Ramon and Scott Hall that I would be doing myself a disservice if I not at least talk about it a little bit. And this is probably before your time, a little bit, right, Casey?
0: Yeah, 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 just, yeah. just a little bit. Yeah,
1: and, and th- th- I mean, the way to put Razor Ramon is, is he was Tony Montana. Like, and he even he was the first one to say he drew a lot of his character from Scarface. And it was just, it was an attitude. It was the toothpick. It was the chains. It was the A.O. It was just everything was was just down to a T. So much to the point where I feel like he kind of lived out that life, you know. And, um, yeah, I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, rest in peace to one of the greatest to ever do it. Um, thank you for making, you know, the, the, the bad guys be cool. And wrestling owes oh, Scott Hall a lot, man. So rest in peace, rest in power is what it is. But um, a lot of great memories watching that fool when I was growing up, man. It's uh, lost a great one. You know, we, we lost a great one last night. But, You know, the show goes on. So, Casey, let's go ahead and uh, go a little earlier. Yeah. If you want to, yeah, let's go go a little early. We'll come back for one more break, finish up. We'll put a bow on the show, if you will. What's next for the Jacksonville Jaguars? What are they going to do? Anybody else out there? I mean, we don't talk a lot about running backs, Casey. Is there a running back out there maybe in free agency that the Jaguars could take a look at? You know, James Robinson. Um, Travis Etienne coming off of both major injuries They should be ready to roll But do you need a little insurance In terms of the backfield Definitely Let's go and talk about that next here on ESPN 6-9 Why would you bring him back? And right now, you bringing them back to say, oh, get into the play-in tournament and have a strong possibility of competing in the first round, it makes zero sense. The Lakers have one expectation and one goal, and that's to win the championship. And they're not doing it this year. Not with the personnel that they have right now. Russell Westbrook is completely out of it, okay, for whatever reasons, off the court, you know, dealing with the family issues, people attacking his family. I get all that, but he's completely, gone. Him and LeBron James have zero chemistry. Carmelo Anthony can't guard a park car. We heard what the uh, young fella Jalen Green said about him, that they was going to attack him every single time down when the Rockets beat them the other night. Why bring Anthony Davis back?
0: (laughs) Perkins going nuclear right now. Yeah, uh, the only reason I played uh, that sound is because I heard that and I thought it was hilarious. the
1: Lakers. Oh, no, it's fantastic. Casey, I don't like celebrating the defeat of others. I do. But why – okay, <laughs> sometimes maybe I do. Um, why do I enjoy what's happening in the Lakers right now?
0: Yeah, it's weird. I feel the same way, and it's not just because uh, that man Brian Middleton doesn't shut up about LeBron James. But <laughs> what are you telling? It, like, here's the thing. I, I went through this thing like I think a lot of people did. I didn't like Tom Brady, and I didn't like LeBron James just because okay. they were great, right? Sure. So I came around on Tom Brady because, like, he left the Patriots – Oh, there's Brian Middleton. We're talking about LeBron James. Coming
1: anyway. in, you know, you talk about LeBron James and the, the bat signal goes out. Here comes Brian Middleton. This man just shows up. But, Are talking about Brian Middleton? Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh,
0: so I didn't like Tom Brady came around on him. LeBron, kind of the same thing. I came around on him. Don't love him, but respect him. It's kind of that point. But sure. to your point, yeah. I just like, I, just, I think I like the chaos. I like when things go wrong and this has gone way wrong for the Lakers and LeBron.
1: Well, and this is the thing about the Lakers as well. Is the fact that they're invested to win right now. You know, I mean, that play was obvious. They they, right. took, they took the L.A. Rams approach. And unlike the Rams, who did have success, the Lakers are not doing that right now. And I get Anthony Davis comes back. They can be a different team. But is he going to be the difference maker? Is he the difference maker that takes him from 29 and 39 outside the playoffs to a playoff contender? I don't know if he has that in him. So, to me, it begs the question because – Keep in mind, like LeBron's had a lot of say in terms of who stays, who goes, who gets traded, all this stuff. What is this going to look like after the season if they don't win a championship, which they probably aren't going to win a
0: championship? What happens then? Probably got to get rid of everybody, right? Like there's yeah. like, no one survives that will LeBron survive. LeBron survives. LeBron this, survives. But- uh, yeah, like Carmelo probably should just retire or will be a free agent and won't we'll get picked up. You well, got to get rid of Russ. But yeah. I think I heard Russ has a player option. that It's like $40 million player option that he's obviously going to pick up. Sure. So the thing I've heard is there's another guy that has a $40 million player option. that's not even playing basketball, which is a story that nobody talks about, but is fascinating. John Wall. Huh? My man is just sitting around in Houston not playing collecting bank. Wow. But the question would be, would... You're pretty much, I don't know why the Rocket, well, he's not playing. So I guess if Russ plays, that's better for you. And then the Lakers can get rid of Russ. But if you could find a way to trade those two for each other, then that might be a way to start. Yeah. Uh, To me, it just, I I question how much trade capital
1: is left with Russell Westbrook. That's true. Right? Because I get it. You're, You're playing, you're getting a guy who plays hard, right? And that's, I get that gets lost sometimes, especially in today's NBA. But I still think his heart is in it. But he, he's not the guy that he was in Oklahoma City, you know, mm-hmm. and and he's – I just – I wonder how much you can get for R- Russell Westbrook. Because at the end of the day, like, if you look at the capital for Lakers, I don't think they have a lot to be getting. Hey, let's go ahead and trade for this guy and try to build a, uh, you know, like a, like a, a dream team. Like, you, you can't do that. So I'm very curious to see how LeBron's going to get out of this one in terms of, you know, are there big free agents coming up maybe at the end of the season? We'll see when we get there. But it's just, it, it's not been a good look so far for Los Angeles Lakers. And another story, too, I got to talk about because he's going to be an NBA slam poetry. Oh, boy. Carl Anthony Towns, no, it's a good thing. Carl Anthony Towns just decided to drop 60 points last night against the uh, the Spurs. That's what they say. Rumor has it, yeah. 60 points. That's a lot of points. And, you know, you, you win the three-point contest, so I get you, you have some clout that follows you. But it just seems like every single week, whether it's Jason Tatum, whether it's John Moran, the NBA right now is so full of stars. Like, how many times have we talked about Carl Anthony Towns on this show?
0: That's a good call. Not not a lot. Well, he dropped 60. So, you got to, I mean, that, that merits a discussion at least. We got to get him in. I saw him at the airport one time. Total accident. Did you really? Yeah. So, I was there for... Uh, I don't even flying, I guess. Yeah. And uh, I was with a friend, and my friend was like, "Yo, I just saw a cat downstairs." I was yeah. like, "No, you didn't." He's like, "I did." <laughs> he's the only seven foot guy in the airport. <laughs> so I walked down there, and sure enough, it was him. But my favorite part is like he was trying to hide, like he had a hat on. Oh yeah. And like you're pulled right down. Not- and I was like, "Bro, you're seven foot. Like I don't think this is working." I got a picture with him. But oh, nice. Well, was he cool or not? Meh, you know. I mean, I'm sure he's he was trying, you you know know trying to me? go. You know what But you got a picture though. Yeah, was cool about it. You know, I hung out not by the people, and I was like, hey. Yeah. Get a pick real quick. My friend got one and then he jumped in the car and left. Nobody else got one. And then you, people asked who, we, who he was. And I said, Michael Jordan.
1: Nice. I like that. Did yeah. you get an autograph too or just a picture? Just a picture. It's I, okay. It's
0: okay. So are you more of a picture guy or an autograph guy? Uh, usually autographs because then I sell them and make money. But that was oh, literally wow. like. That, okay. That was like a. Yeah. That was like a literal, literal, like. Accident Yeah Like I was there to fly And I was like Is that Cat? I got you. Or my friend was like That's Cat yeah.
1: The only NBA player That at least I remember seeing Would have been My uh, junior year uh, At Murray State I was in at Atlanta airport Getting ready to come back home Yeah I sometimes to fly to Atlanta From Kentucky To go home to Wisconsin Don't that ask sucks. me about it yeah. It is what it is But uh, Kelly Olynyk, really? From Gonzaga Was in there um, I, th- I remember who he got drafted by The Heat Maybe Or the Celtics Whatever the case may be Celtics right? But, and then the Celtics Yeah but, um, you know, at the time, I mean, out of college, he was a big, you know, he's a yeah. big time player. He had the hair and he had the headband. And I'm like, oh, wow, yeah. Like, and that's Kelly Linick because the guy sticks out like you wouldn't believe, almost yeah. seven feet tall. And he looks like he's from the 80s um, playing <laughs> basketball. True. So uh, I talked to him a little bit, just said, what's up? And said, hey, man, I think I have better hair than you do. He's like, I don't know. But I mean, he was joking around, so it was cool. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's the only MBA player I've seen. but
0: I'll tell you, Atlanta Airport, you can't go through there without seeing somebody. Oh, there's always somebody there. i seen 56. 50- there one yeah, time, yeah. I saw a little Uzi vert there one I mean, time. You could see, you know, Beyonce
1: sitting in the Delta first yeah. class, like you know, the, the area that, mm-hmm. that's marked. I mean, everyone's in Atlanta. It seems like
0: I was. This is a true story. I was hitting a connector going to Indiana one time, and I was literally in an area where there was only two gates, and one was an LA flight. It was literally like seven in the morning. Yeah. I saw Wiz Khalifa, and Elizabeth <laughs> Gillies both <laughs> get on the same flight, and I was like, "What the heck is going on?"
1: <laughs> Atlanta's where it's at. I'm, I'm telling, telling you. Man. Yeah, it's, it's it's all the connections go through. They're like, I've been to Dallas a bunch. Never seen anybody in Dallas. Yeah, but I, I, I made recipes. saw DMX in Atlanta. You there know, you, like I, you always see people in Atlanta. I'm Dallas is you. another story. And Dallas is a huge airport as well. That's all true. right, let's go and put a ball in the show, Casey. You know, a lot of Jaguars talk today. Um, free agency. Miles Jackets let go. Um, people still feel some type of way in terms of how much money was spent to get some of those free agents. Christian Kirk, you know, leading that group. And to kind of close the shot, I'll say what I said, you know, in the first hour here. Christian Kirk comes in. He's your best receiver. Okay. You got Marvin Jones. We'll see with LaVisca Chenault. You got Evan Ingram, which I like a lot. and maybe you paid just a little smidge, but I don't care. It's another tight end, right? And tight end was a position of need. At the end of the day, this is going to sh- make or break Trevor Lawrence and saying, can you elevate these guys or not? If we're sitting here, Casey, 315, 2023 and we're talking about how it's be a long ways away, ho- hopefully yeah. we make it there. Yeah, we got to get there You first. know, we, we got to get there first. But assuming that we get there, and uh-huh. assuming that we're still thriving like we are today, yep. pretty much for the goose, but that's a long other story. <laughs> <laughs> he can kick rock as far as I'm concerned. I'm, I, I will punt him if he gets in my face tonight. Anyways... But assuming it's, you know, 315 2023 yep. I don't want to have the conversation about how Christian Kirk didn't get over 1,000 yards, right? Yeah. I don't want to have the conversation of where Evan Ingram is who he was in New York. I don't want the conversation of, yeah, Marvin Jones really thought the past couple of years. <laughs> I don't want to have these conversations because then that means one thing, and it's the most important thing that you all should take with you today from listening to this show. That means that Trevor Lawrence isn't who we th- thought he was. Yep. Okay? Because it's Trevor Lawrence's job to elevate these players. Are there better wide receiver rooms right now in the league than the Jacksonville Jaguars? You better believe it. Mm-hmm. Are there better tight ends out there right now than the Jacksonville Jaguars? Oh, well, yeah. No kidding. All right? But what I was told two years ago is that you have a chance at a, a once-in-a-generational-type talent in Trevor Lawrence. And I'm going to hold them to that. I'm going to hold all the talk, all the, you know, pomp and circumstance. I'm going to hold them all to that because that's who we expect him to be. So if he is that guy, then it's all going to work out for itself. And keep in mind, you still have a draft too. You can get another wide receiver. Like the story is not done yet. Free agency is still going on. You still have a draft. My point though is I get it. People are concerned how much money was spent. I'm more concerned with, Will Trevor Lawrence elevate these players, and will the Jaguars turn over a new leaf and become a better team? Yep. Time will tell. For Action Sports Jacks, I'm Austin Lane. Shout-out to Brett Martineau. Hopefully Ty's doing good in his baseball game. He'll be back tomorrow. Casey pushing all the right buttons. I think we got some Action Sports Jax overtime uh, coming up here in a couple minutes, right, Casey? Yeah, you better believe it. All right, for all that being said, RIP to Scott Hall. Y'all have a good night. Stay safe. Stay casual. We'll check you out tomorrow. Peace. Let's oh, go.